All right, we're live. Welcome to the Bread and Wine Podcast. Today's episode is Bread, Wine, and the Kingdom of God, Part 2. Part 2. Now, before we get into this, uh, Seth asked the question, is his toboggan or beanie, whatever you want to call it, is it too early? And I said, you are too, your toboggan, wait, hold up. Pumpkin, that's your pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> what is happening? What is happening right now? <laughs> you see all those memes that are like, when the when one single leaf hits the ground, I'm getting pumpkin spice everything. Yeah. Is when one leaf hits the ground, do you put that bad boy on? Dude, I, I put this bad boy on at the first hint of a leaf falling. Because it's been like 90 something degrees. Yeah, I mean, today it hit, you know, low, you know, mid 70s. Game on. <laughs> <laughs> but I did try to rush fall a little bit. Um, a few weeks back, it was like 95 degrees, and I had a bonfire and apple cider, and we congregated around the fire, and everyone basically was like 15 feet away because they couldn't even sit by. It was so hot. So Oof. I'm known to rush seasons, but I, I think I'm okay right now. You're known right to now. rush everything. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to put a, uh, a we're recording you know sign on the door that we're on, and he's asking if there's tape. I'm sh- yeah, I don't know. And next thing I hear is bang, 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 bang. Sorry if that was too loud on the mic on the door. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like nailing a thumbtack into the door. (laughs) I'm just like, that's your problem. That's the way you solve problems. Hammer smash. You got a problem? Here's a solution. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you like it or not, it's going to be accomplished. Praise the Lord. All right, Seth. So why are we having a glass of wine today? Yes. Yes. Today. So last week we really focused on bread and the symbology through the scriptures. And there was a call then to uh, really take serious this idea of eating with people and especially eating with unbelievers, eating with people that aren't like you and trusting and having faith that the power of God is released when we begin to eat meals together and really break bread together. And so today we're uh, focusing on the second part of that is wine and what does wine represent in the scriptures and then there's a whole lot of scriptures i mean i was looking yesterday uh on the bible app i typed in wine in the search bar and there was hundreds hundreds of scriptures about wine um and so we're going to focus a little bit today on what the wine represents um and then some of what the some of what the wine not all of it yeah um but then there's a there's a great calling too in the wine and in sharing in this wine. And so uh you mean just start I, Well, yeah, off? I do. I think it's good. It's going to be kind of like good cop bad cop. Seth's going to bring the mm-hmm. the hammer That's right. of the wrath and I'm going to be like, "Yeah, but think about this." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you always start off with bad cop first, right? <laughs> that's that's how they do it. Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah, we were trying to decide like how to start this thing off this morning and Seth's adamant that he wants to start off negatively well it's, it's actually also positive. positive it is i'm kidding that was yeah. a joke okay praise the lord well <laughs> okay so the, the first thing that we're going to start off with wine uh it's represented in scriptures um oftentimes as this idea of judgment um and so literally in in isaiah 63 it is very it's pretty graphic here it's called the Lord's Day of Vengeance. And so we're gonna, I'm going to read the scriptures and talk a little bit about what this wine is representing here in just a second. Um, in verse 1 it says, Who is this coming from Edom in crimson stained garments? And you, you skip down a little bit. It says, Why are your clothes red and your garments like one who treads a wine press? Uh, and the Lord says, I trampled the wine press alone and no one from the nations was with me. 
their blood spattered my garments and all my clothes were stained. It's graphic. Yeah. Uh, for I planned the day of vengeance and the year of my redemption came. Um, and then it, in verse six, I crushed nations in my anger. I made them drunk with my wrath and poured out their blood on the ground. But that's well, graphic. I'm not laughing at the scriptures. I'm laughing at how, like, if we were in a boxing match, Seth is just coming out, like, guns blazing. Like, swinging. Let's go. <laughs> it's go time. If it's not over in the first round, it's over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> I lose. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, right here, we have a very, very graphic representation of God's wrath being poured out on the wicked. God's judgment being poured out on the wicked. And so there's a symbolical element of this where grapes being crushed uh, kind of oozes the, the grape juice. It oozes red. And it's symbolic of, you know, our bodies when they are crushed, uh, you know, oozing blood. And, and so there's this, uh, this great symbology here of God's wrath being poured out on the wicked and his judgment being satisfied by pouring out this wrath. Um, and But the good news of this is, if we skip to the New Testament, Jesus has taken this wrath that we all deserve. This wrath of God, this judgment of God, which is a good thing. The judgment of God is a good thing, right? And John's going to talk about that. This judgment of God has been poured out on Jesus for our sake. And so what we're talking about a little bit today is the invitation to take this wine that Jesus has poured out to drink of that cup and not have to drink of the cup of wrath that God is going to pour out on the wicked. Yeah, so I'm going to steal your Bible here. Um, I want to, a couple things I want to say. So in verse 4 of Isaiah 63, uh, For I planned the day of vengeance and the year of my redemption came. So in order for God's redemption to come, there is, and so what Seth's going to talk a lot about, uh, like a lot of this is in time stuff. I think that was what you're going to be sharing, right? Like they're like what you were saying, like the now and then the look, the, what's happening now and then looking forward. So right, that Jesus took, you know, uh, the wrath for us. And so that those who believe in him, who pledge allegiance to his kingdom in the age to come, as we're entering into that age, aren't going to be participants in God's pouring his wrath out here on the nations. But I think that that's an important part. Good cop is that again, in order for God's redemption to come, the vengeance has to take place. So it's like this, when right, people yeah. have, when we struggle, we cannot, okay, if we do, we have to get our minds right that God is coming and there is going to be judgment and it, it's, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be horrible for the people that aren't, um, participating in his kingdom. Um, but that has to come. It, it would be like, you know, you know, an evil regime, an evil nation. This is so, and this is so simple that that is killing people and destroying people and, and raping women and children. I'm just going to be like, just evil stuff is taking place. And if someone came in to dethrone that kingdom, the people would rejoice, even if it required, you know, the letting go, the killing or whatever it may take place to yeah. those people. And so there's actually a great redemption that's coming in the age to come that's taking place through Jesus. And then in the age to come, it brings its fullness comes, but that is predicated by God, you know, having to, to, uh, to pour out that. And the thing that we can rest assured is that his justice is this is his justice being poured forth 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 fourth is perfect. Mm. Like, and I think that that's something that we can practically even 
look and apply to our lives is going, do we trust in the rightness of God's kingdom? That's, this, that's a whole other thing to live by today while we're trusting also in the justice that's being brought forth and all, you know, all over the world, there's little, there's signs and hints and breaking through of God's kingdom. And then ultimately we're trusting in, he is a just God. And I think your rule and your judgments are perfect. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And and I think we see this desire for justice. Anytime we watch a movie, right. Mm -hmm. And a bad guy, you know, it's, it's like the taken movies, right. The, these bad guys, they, seen you haven't seen those. It's okay. Yeah. So they, you know, they steal the guy's daughter and they sell her into the sex trade. And it, right from the get, you're like, oh, Liam Neeson is about to go crazy on these. <laughs> and you dudes. can't wait for it. You can't <laughs> wait for it. You're excited for this dude to just judge these guys for what they've done and get his daughter back. You know, it, this is this kind of idea of justice of judgment is ingrained in our culture. We just need to shift it to the right person who's going to bring the action in the right time in the right time. Yeah. That's right. And the way that, that all works. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that's big. I also think that I'm going to read, Oh, if I could pick up my Bible. Um, I'm also going to read another passage from Isaiah. That is just uh, probably read so much that we kind of lose its power. And that's Isaiah 53 uh, when it comes to this. <laughs> Because, again, we're going to continually talk, hopefully, I think, about the already, what Jesus has fulfilled and accomplished already, and then also the to come. And I will eventually, at some point, I want to go backwards a little bit, too. So it's, it's kind of like we're in the movie Back to the Future, and we're just zipping around. Oh. You know, Seth and I have to tell ourselves all the time to make sure that we are have that flow fluid thought, because we can... You should hear our conversations in private. <laughs> but I just it just it just made me think of what this is what Seth was speaking made me think about this, right? Um I'm just gonna I'm gonna go I'm just gonna skip down to Isaiah fifty three three. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering. I know you're gonna talk about that, Seth, and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him to no account. That's 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 wild. Um, surely he has bore our infirmities; he's carried our diseases. Yet we we account him as stricken, struck by, down by God, and afflicted. He's over here bearing our infirmities. This is about Yeshua. This is about Jesus. He's carrying our diseases, and we're sitting back watching you saying he's stricken, he struck God, struck him down. He's afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. So this has to, this has to do with wine. This has to do with the blood as Jesus connects those two together. I, I will talk about it at some point. He was crushed There it is for our iniquities. As you said, there it is yeah. upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises, you know, we are healed. And then it goes on to say all of us like sheep, we've gone astray. We've turned everyone uh, to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him. God has laid on this suffering servant uh, image here, the iniquity of us all. And then it goes on to talk about a sheep being led to the slaughter and, and these ideas and these thoughts back to the Exodus. And I, I want to pause. I don't want to go there yet, but back to Exodus and all these things. Um, but it was God continuing to go. It was God's will to crush him. 
you yeah. know, some translations say it pleased him to crush him um, when you make his life an offering for sin. And so there was something beautiful that was taking place in the pain. And if we get frustrated at God because of the suffering and the pain and the stuff that we go through, imagine that he was right. He's right there with us. He yeah. completely understands what that's like. Yeah. And in light of this idea of suffering, th- this suffering that Jesus endured was not meaningless. Uh, That's it, right. It, it had a purpose. Um, and so Jesus, he calls us as well uh, to suffer, to partake in the suffering, the same type of suffering. Because you can suffer for doing the wrong thing. Yeah, for just being dumb. You can suffer for being stupid. Yeah. Right. It, but Or being a jerk. Right. The type of suffering that Jesus wants us to uh, accept in life and pursue in life is the suffering for the sake of righteousness, Mm -hmm. that his kingdom has a law and order. Uh, Jesus has a way. There is an obedient uh, step to life. Um, And the type of suffering that he wants us to embrace uh, is the kind that comes from obedience to what he has said and living and partaking in the way of his kingdom because there is a kingdom established on this world right now that uh, that is overrun with darkness. And so if you begin to come out of that kingdom and begin to obey the laws and rules and regulations of Jesus's kingdom in a loving way, uh, then you are going to be persecuted. Uh, and, and it's this idea of, uh, you know, Jesus brings it very clearly in this idea of carrying your cross. You know, Jesus suffered in carrying the cross up to Golgotha to be crucified for us. He says in Matthew ten thirty eight. Whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So there, there's also this great calling to take up your cross. What, what is your cross then? I think oftentimes we, we take up crosses that weren't really ours to bear sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. But we have crosses to bear in this life that we are going to suffer for. And I'll give you a practical example. Maybe your wife is struggling uh, with depression mm-hmm. and the world says, leave her, divorce her you know, forget it, give up. What if your cross to bear is, no, I'm going to love her through this, through the ups and the downs. I'm going to stay consistent. I'm going to show her the love of Jesus. And so that is hard. That is suffering. That's the hard way, right? But carry your cross was never an easy way. No, it's, it's not at all. (sighs) This, this passage, um, about the Lord I, I just keep looking at it and like, it just kind of takes my breath away. And I just, I hope that, and I'm, I don't know when I, I mentioned that, I mean the Isaiah 53, uh, the Pat, the, <laughs> I just, I just want to encourage you. I just feel like saying, I want to encourage you to read that and meditate on that. And really just like, it's kind of like sometimes like John three sixteen for some of us, like we've, we've heard it so many times, it kind of loses power, but to really think through and just pray through this, and then do what, you know, what Seth is doing and uh, what we want to continually do is to ask, well, how does that, what does that look like for our lives practically? What does it look like to engage? Oh, so we ask the question, what does it look like to engage the world like Jesus? Can you imagine engaging the world like this? Can you imagine saying, though I'm despised, though I'm rejected by others, I will still go die for them? It's that's it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. It, I mean, it is. I mean, like, you have to have faith to believe that because that's crazy. No one does that. No one is going to get wounded so that other people 
who are rejecting you. You might do it for like your child or something. You might give a kidney to someone who you love, but for people who are rejecting you, who are despising you, you're not going to be wounded so that they can be healed. It's just not the case. And yet, and that's why I think part of it says who has believed what we've heard <laughs> and who has the Lord of the arm been revealed. This is just, it's just, it's amazing and wonderful. Yeah. Part of this too is completely countercultural, mm-hmm. um, especially here in the South. The idea of suffering for your faith um, is is not really there. Um, no, it's it's let's get in our safety bubble. Let's shield our kids from the bad people. Let's make sure that we don't watch the bad movies. And uh, the idea that we could even put ourselves in a place with people who might cause suffering to us mm-hmm. is is we try to do everything we can yeah. to stay away from suffering. Stay in my bubble. Yep. Yeah. And the the sad part about this uh, is. I see so many kids that maybe they're, they're told in life, you know, if you come to Jesus, all your problems will go away. Mm-hmm. But in reality, that's when kind of the exorcism, the death of your flesh begins and you start to come out of the way of this world. And so I've seen so many kids that, you know, they're, they're kind of held in that shelter, that bubble yeah. all the way through. And then they get to college and like, Oh shoot, this is way harder to follow Jesus than I thought. There's <laughs> a big, stop. there's a cost to this thing. Yeah. And I'm not willing to pay the cost. I'm not willing to count the cost. That's and right. then they leave because they weren't told that, hey, you have to embrace this suffering. Yeah. You know, as you're saying that, I'm recognizing that almost all suffering in the Bible is persecution from other people. Uh, so much of the time. So if if that's the case, if when Jesus is talking about suffering and oftentimes that's taking place, it's, you know, he's talking to his disciples. He recognizes people are not going to like the way of the kingdom that Seth talked about earlier. They're not going to like the rule of God. They're not going to like the way that it's being lived out. They're not going to like the way it's being proclaimed. So they're going to bring persecution. They're going to um, get mad at Jesus for hanging out with sinners and tax collectors and all these things. But what that presupposes is that we're around people that will cause us suffering. Mm, that's good. How can I receive the suffering of the Lord if I'm not willing to be around people who would actually bring the suffering upon me? And I think that's a very practical thing that we can learn from this as we're thinking about the wine and thinking about suffering and and all these things is that we have, (laughs) it's expected of us. That hits right there. That slaps, as the kids would say. It it presupposes that we're already out there. And for us not to be, when Jesus says, do you want to drink the cup of my suffering? it presupposed that they were already going to be out there among the people that were going to cause suffering. Yeah. It wasn't like, well, I guess you can be out there if you feel like it. I yeah. was like, no, yeah. if you want to be drink, if you want to be with me, you're going to drink the cup of my, <laughs> my suffering. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the other level to the suffering is we think, Oh, you know, I, even, even if I was around those people, it wouldn't be like they're putting me to death. Right. Like they were in yeah. that time, but there's another type of suffering that says you are choosing to suffer by obeying the will of God. Yeah. In that moment, in that moment where you're tempted and you really want to choose, your flesh is saying, "Do this thing that is terrible," and the kingdom of God is totally opposed opposed to. You have to suffer in that moment to say, "No, I'm going to choose the way of God." Mm-hmm. That is that is embracing suffering as well as coming out of the ways of the world and into the ways of the coming kingdom, yeah. and embracing that type of suffering too. Yeah, and I think let's just for a second talk about, and you mentioned it earlier, but. What does that look like? How do we engage the world to be around people that we could receive suffering from without being jerks? Like, you know, Jesus is friend called a friend of sinners and tax collectors. A friend. That's right. 
okay. <laughs> you know, so, cause I can see people being like, oh, I'm going to go suffer for Jesus and I'm going to go hang around. Hey, you should stop cussing and you should stop doing this. Yeah. And then they're like, you know, punch them or do something to them. And like, I'm suffering for Christ. Right. Uh, we so, try to, we try to create our own suffering. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or we just do dumb stuff that causes suffering and we are acting like it's suffering for, for Christ. And I don't know that it necessarily really is. Yeah. It's just, why did you get in their face about something that they don't even follow Jesus? Like, what do you expect them to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I think we oftentimes try to create suffering because we want to be seen as a, yeah. you know, Harold Christian, yeah. like as, as a, you know, amazing person. But oftentimes it's not really suffering that is holy and righteous. It's suffering that we've intentionally brought on ourselves so that we feel better about obeying the scriptures. And if we're do, if we're trying to receive suffering as well to be seen by others, well, then you have your reward, Jesus. <laughs> if if we true. practice our righteousness to be seen by others, congratulations, that was your reward. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd much rather have a reward from the Lord than, than just someone to go, oh, you're so cool, John. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. anyway. I got, I got something else to talk about, but I don't want to go for it. Okay. Go for it. I'm, yeah. Cause we've got about, we try to keep all of our episodes around 30, right about 30 minutes. So I got one more thing that I want to share is, uh, whenever Jesus is, and I think this is hugely, hugely important. Uh, whenever Jesus is having the last supper, as we call, uh, with his disciples, he is, uh, participating in, sorry, I'm turning my pages here. I don't even really need to. Um, he's participating in Passover. And in the midst of that Passover celebration, he says something that is earth shattering, completely revolutionary. See, Peter, James, John, these men were Jewish men. They had participated in Passover their whole lives. Like, it's like we've had Christmas our whole lives, right? Like for many of us, like it's just something that happens. They, per, they participate in this and they've, uh, participated in it their whole lives. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jesus breaks the bread. He also has the wine and this wine that they've drank. They've drank these, this wine to celebrate Passover for, you know, years and years and years. And he says, this is actually, you know, a new covenant in my blood. Hold up a second. <laughs> this whole idea of Exodus and redemption and stuff for the people of Israel and as people celebrated that, let me let me say this first. As people celebrated that, they also looked forward to a future redemption. And Jesus was saying, here it is. This is mine. That Passover lamb that you've been sacrificing, that Israel sacrificed for, that, that sacrifice for years that took away the sin of the people that provided freedom and release, that's me. Uh, and on top of that, this isn't just me just doing it for some kind of symbology. This initiates today. This initiates when this takes place, a new covenant. And we know the prophets prophesied there's a new covenant coming. God's law is going to be written on our hearts. The Holy Spirit is going to actually fill and, 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 and dwell you. And so whenever we drink wine, whenever we do these things, what Jesus said, do this and remember from me. Remember that we are in covenant you, it, when we pledge our allegiance to Jesus, that's what I like to use that better than give my life to Jesus or whatever, or whatever we say. Cause like we're saying like King Jesus, I give you my everything. Like I, I, I love your rule and stuff. But when we do that, and as we take the cup, as we take the bread, we are set, we are being reminded that God has chosen to covenant with us. That God has chosen to be that 
Jesus to be that Passover lamb, that he's chosen to forgive us of our sins, that he's chosen to initiate this kingdom. And man, that's just, that's just powerful stuff. Yeah. God would want a covenant with us. With who me? <laughs> a mm. sinful man that I am like, yeah. And God wants to covenant with the people that are listening. You know, he wants to participate. He extends the cup. If you, if you've been on the fence about whether I should follow this Jesus or submit to this rulership, like the cup is extended. It's also a cup of suffering. That's right. <laughs> All the stuff ties to kind of like, it's not going to be easy. It's going to suck. There's going to be times where you're going to be like, man, this would be so much easier to quit. And then if you quit, you would realize, no, never mind. That's worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and there's also an amazing ending to this. There's good news that your suffering, again, is not purposeless. Yeah. It has meaning. Um, Romans 8, Paul talks about this. He, he talks a lot about suffering. You know, Paul's thrown in prison for Christ. He was beaten. You know, all, the, all these terrible things happen to him. But he said, if indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified with him. And Paul even went so far as to say he considers that the sufferings of this present time are not even worth comparing yeah. to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. And so uh, there's this beautiful, there's this beautiful gift reward, right? If we embrace the suffering now, mm-hmm. that we are going to imagine this, we get to share in the glory of God. Think about the magnanimous glory of God. And he says, you can share in that with me. That is what this covenant is for, that I may lift you up yeah. from the darkness you're in, that you would share in this. And it even says, and I'll let John talk about this, but creation eagerly waits mm. with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. Yeah. Um, are you living like a son of God? Yeah. Would the world, this is a question for everybody, would the world know that you're a son of God by the way you live your life? Is creation eagerly waiting for you to be revealed in that end time that you are part of his family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it says that creation itself will also be set free from That's the right. bondage. And when it said that, what it reminded me of three things. The look back at the Exodus where God set peop- the Israelites free. He set a nation free so that through that nation, uh, the world would be redeemed ultimately. We go to the table and we recognize in Jesus's life and we recognize that they're pointing back and saying there is absolutely an exodus taking place right then. Like God was setting men. He was setting us free from sin. He was bringing his kingdom near to us. He kept saying that that was his whole message. His kingdom's near. My kingdom's near. His rule is near. His authority is near. And he's giving us what that looks like and, and, and writing it on our hearts and giving us his own spirit, uh, crazy stuff. And then there's a final exodus. Like it's, it comes full circle. It's like a trifecta. It's a beautiful circle. And there's that, then that's what this is talking about. It's talking about this future glory, this setting free. Finally, all of the creation is groaning saying God's kingdom's breaking in, but it needs to come to fulfillment to, to be completely fulfilled. Whenever God, Jesus comes back to set everything right. And, and it's just, it's awesome, man, man. I just want to sit around and drink wine all day and think about this. Amen. Sounds like a pretty good time. Um, I, I got another scripture I want to read. It's First Peter two. Um, it's it's in light of this idea of embracing suffering uh, for a reason for what's coming. And, and that's and sorry, and that's why I said all that to recognize that's when we do embrace suffering, we're recognizing all this is taking place, and we are actually we participate in this story yeah. of redemption. Yeah. 
And here's how we can embrace suffering, okay? 1 Peter uh, 2, 21. You were called to this because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He did not commit sin, and there was no deceit found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten in return, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. In our suffering, again, there there is not a, it's not a meaningless suffering. There is going to be judgment and justice for our suffering. Mm-hmm. So we can put that in the bank that this insult I'm enduring, you know, this thing that I'm suffering because I'm following Christ, I can put it in the bank as an investment that that will ultimately be brought to justice. And it's not going to be through me, so I don't have to say anything back. I'm not I'm not justifying <laughs> that's myself. That, that's trust that God is just and will do it. That's right. I'm in, I'm entrusting this moment right here. I'm entrusting that God is going to judge it fairly. Yeah. And there's times, Seth, I'm so glad God didn't bring his judgment on some absolute dumb crap that I did. Oh. And that's, I think that's where that yeah. brings forgiveness and mercy to yeah. the forefront. Because how do you know that your act of not casting judgment before the time, like if you did and you just beat the crap out of someone or you did something like, what if, what if you did something that, that, that prevented, but you didn't know that in the next year, this person was going to be completely different. Yeah. I, I met a guy, at a, uh, not met a guy, a friend at the gym that I saw. He was talking about our buddy. Um, I'm not going to say his name on here in case somebody's listening, but a friend of ours. And he said, I saw him at school and this guy was constantly like just living in the world, smoking everything, doing all this stuff with comes back from COVID. And this guy is, is proclaiming Jesus to everybody. <laughs> like everything, everything uh, has changed. And it's just awesome that when we consider all of this stuff, that this type of a change can take place in us as individuals, as a community, and ultimately freaking creation-wide, that this can take place because of him, mm-hmm. because the cup of wrath was was poured out, because mm-hmm. the cup he t- he chose to take the cup of suffering and say, "Yep, yeah, they're worth it." Yeah. Will we will we do the same for our fellow man? Yeah. Or will we? cast judgment on them prematurely. That's we right. Ca- try to cast God's vengeance prematurely. <laughs> well. Uh-oh. I don't know if anyone hears that but us. If you heard a really loud... I don't think they did. It's in our headphones, I think. Okay. Praise God. It, it, even if they did, it's just someone's calling uh, calling bread and wine. Go ahead. Um, the last thing I was going to talk about really quickly was this uh, call to embrace each other's suffering together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're in the scriptures. It, it constantly talks about bearing each other's burdens um, and sharing in each other's sufferings and that we can actually carry each other's burdens for one another. Um, and that we need to, we need to, because mm-hmm. the, the weight sometimes of these sufferings can be impossible or hard to bear alone. But if we come alongside one another and say, how are you suffering? How can I help? What can I do to help? Oh, you need money here. Oh, yeah. you need counseling here. Oh, you need, uh, you need help around the house here. Like, how can we help each other in our suffering? What, what are you called to embrace right now? What cross are you having to bear in your life right now? Who can you reach out to for help? Mm-hmm. Or who can, uh, who can you begin helping yourself? Amen. Amen to that. Father, we love you. Um, We're 
speechless uh, when we consider the story that you're telling and how you've injected yourself into the story and how you've, you know, sent your, 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 son, your only son to, to endure suffering. And yet it was your will and you were good with it because you understood the redemption that was going to take place. My prayer today is just that we would live lives like that, that we would live lives that look at others before ours, that we would look lives, live lives that, that follow your rule so that our kids and uh, our children and our friends and, and people that we're in life with will see what it looks like to live under the rule of God. Even when it's difficult in this present age, Lord, let us embrace it together. Let us, because you're worth it. You're worth it. As Paul said, that's, it's, it doesn't even compare to the glory. The sufferings of this world don't even compare to the glory that's going to, yeah. to be revealed, Lord. And give, help us to do a good job of sharing the realities of your kingdom in this new covenant, in your blood, <laughs> with others. That we would be great heralds of your kingdom, calling others to submit themselves into, to the rule of King Jesus and suffer with us. Amen. In Jesus' name, in Yeshua's name, amen. Yeah, so if you're uh, listening to this podcast for the first time, thanks for listening. Uh, Please share this with anyone you think needs to hear it. That'd be great. Um, Repost us, uh, tag us, whatever you want to do. We'd appreciate all of that. Um, Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Bread Global. Thank you, guys. Amen.